0: happy Mother's Day. Oh my goodness, you guys are looking good. Did everybody get one of these? If every lady didn't, if you didn't get one, they're gonna be in the back at the Welcome Center afterward. There's gonna be a word on it. And the word may or it may not make sense to you, but I would encourage you, if it doesn't, to tap a friend and say, yeah, so what about this? And in a couple of weeks, sometimes a month, sometimes it takes a whole year, but this, what I like to call this yearly marker will become very, very special to you, right? All right, oh, wow, I hope that all you moms out there, um, boy, you guys look good, look at you. You are looking sharp, mamas, lots of glitter, right? Hey, you know what? Preparing for this. Just so you know, my name is Jolene Pickens. There's a couple of you that don't know. I was told um, lots of you that don't know, but you all know Rick. He's got a much bigger mouth than I do. <laughs> I'm not just saying that. That's what our dentist said. All right. So very rarely do I come across that, and I'm very proud of it. That you know. So, but we've been here for. We've been here for about 20, well, about 21 years now. We have three daughters, Morgan, Molly, and Madeline, and we have three grandsons, um, and one grandchild on the way. So I'm very, very excited, yeah. So yeah, I was looking through pictures, you know, doing this whole Mother's Day thing, and I looked back, and I, you know, I think we're, I think that I, yeah. I think I'm doing a little better job now than I used to on that whole dressing up for Mother's Day. Um, I found a shot for my very first Mother's Day. Now keep in mind, Morgan was born in 89, so this was early 90, right? And I'm gonna tell you, I asked for dresses, matching dresses for us to be made, and when the seamstress came back to me and the, she showed me the cute little sweet puffs that she had put in Morgan's shoulders, I asked her to put, him, I put more. They weren't puffy enough. Right, I know, who does that? I did. Mine were huge, it's this floral dress, huge puffy sleeves. Morgan's sleeves were bigger than her head. (laughs) I was gonna bring a picture, but I thought, no, I can't do that to her, right? Now, she probably would've been fine with it, but I chose not to, but yeah. So I'm glad that there's so much tied up in mothering. And sometimes, you know, you just keep them tied up and just kinda leave it over there, (laughs) right? That's one of those. One of my favorite things to do Um, in this community of faith, as a mother in the house, is to hear the testimonies of God's faithfulness in your lives. And I can think of very few Sunday afternoon meals that we have, we're all gathered around. Not one of my, one of my kids is saying something about, did you hear what, did you hear what God did for so and so? Yeah, well yeah, what about that? And it literally fires you up to think about what God is doing amongst us. We are a light on this hill, and sharing those testimonies is something that we get to do. So some of them are huge, too. Um, We were sharing a testimony. Some of them are these creative supernatural miracles, and some of them, guys, are really practical wisdom that helps us walk out our business plan. Either way, it's this power of God residual that goes on every time we get together and rub arms with each other and greet. Did you hear the language put to the greeting? She's amazing. I'm going to... I'm going to greet with more verve. <laughs> Another thing that I get to do is walk alongside of business leaders and helping them figure out like, where they've been, where they are, and where they want to go, and put some direction and language to it. And it never ceases to amaze me that in that space where we slow everything down and intentionally look at what's happened to get them there there's something deep that, that happens in those spaces, the slowdown. Someone said to me, and it stuck with me, that the bulk of Jesus's ministry was done at like three miles an hour. Huh. I mean, he walked, so it makes sense, but when I first heard it, I remember thinking, because I wanna be like Jesus, I do, and I thought, there's no way, I don't think that I could ever slow down to three miles an hour. I'm just being honest, right Brian? I mean, but <laughs> what I can, right, right? But what I, not in, and in every space that I occupy, it wouldn't be appropriate, it really wouldn't, right? But what I do think is, I, love, I, I like the fruit that I see when there is an intentional pause, especially in seasons of change, you know, when you're looking for fresh direction and there's a pause and a leaning in saying, what's next, right? I see transition everywhere. Look, if you're, you know, if you're watching anything or if you're moving in and out of any circles, um, you see a lot of transition in the culture that we're in. I love something that Charles said last week about not letting the storm dictate our response. I don't know if you didn't, if, did you guys get that? That was powerful to me. But letting that deposit of peace walk out, you know, looking like Shalom everywhere that we go. Um, For the Lent season, I did a study of Ezekiel and picked me up off the floor. Okay, first off, I wasn't all that excited about studying Ezekiel for Lent because I'm like, this is gonna be painful. And it was, but Lent, right? It It was an appropriate thing. So, And I'm still processing through so much of it, but a detail that was highlighted and just hovered over and, I, and you know when the Holy Spirit does that and it's time to start digging, right? Was the direction that God gave Ezekiel to give to um, the rebuild of the temple, right? Toward about chapter 46, I believe. And he's talking to, God is giving him direction and tells him where to at the gates. Put the north gate, the south gate, the east gate, and the west gate. And the important thing is nobody can come in the gate and out the same way. So in our dialogue and the discussion group, there was a lot of, um, a lot of talk about that, and you know, their thoughts about it was the traffic flow, but I was just so hit by the actual reality that when we go in to the presence of God, we never come out the same way. We are always changed from being in His presence, Right? And God gives us a God process to use, right? If you want a God result, you got to have a God process. Some of those aren't as fun. <laughs> but the process to get into his presence, into his gates, is thanksgiving. And in Psalms 100, it says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. But what happens when we get in there is transformative, right? Right? So we walk in after having watched a television show around what's going on, or we walk into his presence after having been in a difficult business meeting, or we walk into his presence after having a dialogue with a loved one that didn't go like we had hoped. And there's a transforming thing that happens in his presence, right? It's a tried-and-true process, and it catapults us to a next step. I love... um, I love the story in Luke that I'd like to read today that I think showcases this humble gratitude and the weight of what takes place. I'm gonna read out of the Amplified because it's Mother's Day and most women like more words. So, yep, there you have it. Mm -hmm. All right, Luke chapter 17. While Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance, and they raised their voices and called out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were miraculously healed and made clean. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, I mean, I always picture it like that, he turned back glorifying and praising and honoring God with a loud voice, and he lay face downward at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over. He was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 of you cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was there no one found to return to give thanks and praise to God except this foreigner? Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way your faith, your personal trust in me and your confidence in God's power has restored you to health. So he was already healed, right? But now he's restored to health. Two separate things, right? You can get healed and you can walk in health. Two very separate things. He received double because he went back to the source. And some of the texts read the word safe, whole, well. I love wholeness, I think it definitely connects because what happens, the intentional movement back to the source of his outward healing gave him a spiritual blessing. Body, soul, and spirit were aligned in a place and he had wholeness. In early 1997, God began to stir our hearts um, for more for the generation of children that were on the scene. We began to have visions of them going up to the high places and just tearing the devil's kingdom down. Um, God asked us to build out stories that would point the way for kids to get to the door of faith. Um, He began to prepare our hearts. And like you do when God gives you a vision, right? We built puppets. We did, we really did. Yes, we did. Rick built puppets, and he built them out of um, um, the tickets that we'd used in the children's program. So we had thousands and thousands of tickets, right? Boiled them down, made a paper mache linseed, all the stuff to keep them. And he had built these these, uh, little um, heads, puppet heads, and they were drying. Well, one afternoon, my father stopped by, and he rang the doorbell, and he stepped in, and there were all these hanging puppet heads. You got a visual, right? So did dad, and it wasn't necessarily comfortable. He wasn't sure what was going on. Um, I don't know if it was what he saw or what he didn't see when he began to kind of pick and probe and say, what's God doing here? And we couldn't give a real good solid answer, nor could we give a really good solid plan. Um, My dad did encourage us, and then he gave us some great wisdom steps. So I thank God for fathers who stir us up to faith, but also give them wisdom, right? Um, In 1998, we did jump off that cliff of faith. Uh, We sold everything to follow the call of God into a new opportunity over a 1,000 miles away from anything familiar um, and anyone that we knew except for our three littles. We used the money from the sale of the purchase um, just to buy what we needed to get from point A to point B to transport us across. Um, However, in a tragic accident, we actually lost most of it. So, we finally landed pretty traumatically in the Northeast, specifically Pennsylvania, specifically Lime Kiln Road, right? Um, all we had was the vehicle that we drove and the puppets on our hands, yep. We felt a little like Moses, you know, when he said, what do you have in your hand? I was like, yeah. We think about it now, we should have probably named that first puppet Aaron. It was a rod puppet too, but yeah, yep. God met us, I will tell you, time and time again over the next several years as we toured across the US sharing Bible stories um, in schools, in public schools, in fairs and festivals, and it was glorious. But it was also extremely hard. It was very difficult, grueling, right? God was never late. I can honestly tell you, he was never late late to show up and provide for our needs. But I also never witnessed him showing up early. I'm just gonna say it, he was allowing us the opportunity to grow those faith muscles. I mean, sometimes so much that I was sobbing before he came, right, so much happened. We navigated the loss of homes and vehicles. We experienced our own as well as our children's pain, both physical and emotional. Um, and then finally, we came limping into a deep well of restoration, a place that God saw us, and he began to heal us. It was here. It was here at Life Center. And I don't even think we realized how much healing that we needed. We were healed in such a tangible way, we didn't even we didn't even know what to say when we were asked about things because it was noticeable. People would say things and we didn't even know how to answer. We were being transformed by the power and presence of God. We would travel in and out. We didn't stay here because we were on the road. So we would travel in and out. But anytime we were in town, we would come here and we would soak in his presence. And with each visit, we would carry the presence with us in greater measure. I will tell you, we started seeing the prophetic happening in our in our school presentations. things We were living arcs, we were carrying out the presence. I remember our final visit like it was yesterday. We had finished a large grouping of schools in this area. We'd been here for almost three weeks, and so we'd had the opportunity to come in and out a little bit more. I think we even hit up a midweek service, which was typically not the case. Um, So we were really, really dipping from the well and being transformed. And the schools were finished on Friday afternoon, and we were scheduled to be in Michigan at 7 a.m. was our first presentation on Monday morning. So Wisdom would say um, for us to leave on Saturday because the Weather Channel told us there was a huge lake effect snow nor'easter coming in and it was gonna be pretty bad um, from Sunday all the way in through Monday. So we definitely needed to get on the road early. But we we kept stalling, we kept stalling and Rick and I both looked at each other and we said, we just wanna go back. We We wanna go back one last time. I don't know when we're ever gonna be here again. Like, we don't live here. We are far from here. Can we go back one more time? Well, if we go to first service, maybe that'll give us enough, enough time. So we did that. We came in and our hearts were so overwhelmed by the deposits that we had received during the time that we had been coming in and out. Um, that as we sat in our car right after first service, and we had, built an altar and sown a seed to thank God for the transformation that had taken place. God gave us a prophetic word. We journaled it. We knew this was more than an outward refresh and that we had received a spiritual blessing, right? Um, And the the, the words that God gave us were you're safe, you're whole, and you're ready to roll. (laughs) He knows we like funny things. And I would love to tell you at this point that we were supernaturally transported to Michigan, but that didn't happen. <laughs> we literally drove all night. And oh, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Treacherous. Nobody was on the roads. We slid in literally at about 6 a.m. on Monday morning. Just enough time to pop those puppet clothes on and, and get to the presentation. Um, but what we didn't know then, that we do now, is that our destinies, all five of us, Our hopes, our dreams were saved during that season. They were catapulted into our next. God continued stirring our hearts. The next year, we were actually called here. Literally, we received a phone call asking us to come and partner with what God was doing here in this house, in the children. Yeah. So I share this with you today because... You are at different places in your journey, in your story, in your path. And he who began the good work in you, he's faithful to complete it. He started it and he's going to finish it, right? And I believe that the stories, the journey, sometimes the pain has brought you to this place, you're in this house for a reason. There is a hinge Time in history, we keep hearing about it, we see what God's doing, right? The times and the seasons resonate with us in the spirit, and I feel like we, as we come together and stand with all of our paths and all of our stories and all of our journeys and our pain, and we stand in his presence or fall at his feet, a call is going out from heaven for this hour, and it's like this big angelic umpire, and it's going, safe, Right? And I believe that because our wholeness looks like something to the world. And the world needs a church, a bride that is holy, that is without spot or wrinkle. And God is moving us toward his presence because while we come into his presence with our heads and our hearts bowed in reverence, right, we step out empowered for whatever the the places that we head to or the people that we're called to love, wherever we're pulled, we step out of his presence with a new level of power. Some of you may not even know what I'm talking about. I don't know. But um, I will encourage you that if you will lean in to God, he'll meet you. Some of you have just started dipping into this place and it's like a god light turns on every time you step into his presence and something is revealed to you that you didn't see before right and some of us have walked with god for years but in this hour as we step into his presence he is stirring up the gifts and the callings that he has put in our life for such a time as this he literally is stepping into our lives in presence and in power so that we can step out to the world in presence and power. It's a holy time. I really believe it is a holy time, and a call is going out in the spirit for anyone who is hungry and thirsty for righteousness to step in. We know his eye looks to and fro all the time looking for one whose heart is totally and completely devoted to him. This is a special time in history. And I believe, literally, that Jesus was teaching the disciples something very special about our spiritual blessing in this passage of scripture. One of the lepers, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back, glorifying and praising and honoring God with a loud voice. And then he lay face downward, At Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over and over. Our wholeness looks like something. When we're whole and when we're healed, we step out in wholeness. We step out in healing. We come at things from a place of love and joy and peace and all the fruits that are our spiritual blessing. We come at life very differently when we're in a place of wholeness, right? And Jesus went on to say, then, we're not ten healed where are the nine? Can none be found to come back and give glory to God except this outsider? The one who was so trampled down, not just from leprosy, but as a cultural pariah, a social outcast, a Samaritan. Maybe he didn't have anywhere to go. You know, I've thought about that a lot. All the lepers, once they were cleaned, they could go back to their homes. Maybe he didn't have anywhere to go. In a place of extremes like the culture that we're living in, returning to the source keeps our hearts focused on the main thing. It keeps us humble. It keeps us present with the Lord. And it keeps us asking where else are we going to go? Who else has the words of life? Where else? I think it's interesting that leprosy attacks the nervous system. It's not actually skin disease, it's a nervous um, system disease and it eventually shuts everything down, disables the leper from feeling anything. And something that happens in the place of stepping into the presence of God is there is fullness of joy. Have you ever had your joy filled? It feels like something. I'm gonna tell you any numbness Any spiritual leprosy that goes on inside of you, when you step into a place where the joy of the Lord is present, trauma falls off, the numbing sensation of your emotions can fall to the side, God does something in one fell swoop that hundreds of hours of counseling can't do. And I go to counselors. I love counselors. But there's a call to us to step in to a different place for complete wholeness. I also think it's interesting that this encounter is done very differently than most of Jesus' encounters in that he basically sent this group into the legal system of the day. He sent them to the priests, right? Um, As they turned in obedience, they were healed. Most of the time, Jesus would go to people, he would touch them, he didn't even touch these guys. He sent them into the place, right, that was the legal end all of that day. And as they obeyed him and went, they were whole. And then the next thing that Jesus talks about after this takes place is that the the whole next paragraph, I'm going to read a couple verses, but then there's a whole nother paragraph around the second coming. The kingdom of God is near. Verse 20. Now, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, He replied, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed or with a visible display, nor will people say, look, there it is. Look, here it is. For the kingdom of God is among you because of my presence. Come on, right? So again, to go back to the place where his presence dwells, where he made you whole, is going to look like something to the world. He has created you to step in so that you'll step out, so that you can step into the places he's called you to. The kingdom of heaven has need of you in this hour. Could it be that the move of God towards us is gonna look different than others, right? We, we think about it. None of us knows for sure. Could it be that he's gonna send us into the systems of the day and in strict obedience to his spirit, things will change I don't know. Come on, right? I don't know. None of us does. But what I do know is that we get an opportunity, especially as the days get darker, with thanksgiving to step into his presence and partake of the wholeness that's contrary to the current culture landscape that we see everywhere. Mm, Come on. The extreme mercy that has been shed abroad in our lives by the Holy Spirit is a force that moves us toward our next in spite of our weakness, in spite of our fear. Oh, I believe this is the church's finest hour. I really do. I believe that, I do. I believe God is preparing the hearts of his bride to make a difference, right? He uses us. Relationship. It's always been about that. My heart leaps at the knowledge of so many who have gone on before, and they're sitting in front row seats. I imagine them, I picture them, right? And they're cheering us on, and I feel like they see, we know so clear what we see by faith, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you to raise his bride, his church from the dead, because this is the hour of power. God's doing something. Yeah, he is. That same spirit changing us from the inside out to stand in boldness as harvesters for the hour that we live in. Mm. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions to just think about in in your minds. Have you found yourself being hungry and thirsty for something more in your life, in your walk with God? Have you found that, some of you? Do you feel where you're standing right now, in your situation, you need a God intervention? Or are you waiting for some promise that has been prophesied, whether it's through the word or whether it's from a, a prophetic word you got to be fulfilled in your life? Are you waiting? And if you can answer yes to any of these, then I want to encourage you to go into the presence of God in a way that you haven't gone before. Stir yourself up. Because as you step in, you're going to be made whole. And then you're going to step out into those places with fresh wind and fresh direction. This is an hour that we're being called to step into a deeper manifestation of all that God has always intended for us. Thank you, Father. So I would like for you to stand. I'd like to pray over some specific areas that I felt like the Holy Spirit highlighted to me, and then I'm gonna invite anybody who wants to come up for prayer to do so at any point during this. and the, the first thing I want to, I, wanna, I just want to extend an invitation. If there's anyone here who doesn't know, the one who gives all power, the one who gives life, if you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, I want to let you know that today is the day of salvation. This is your appointed day. So I want to invite you to come up and we will be here to greet you and to walk with you into that new place. And secondly, I feel like the Holy Spirit, specifically, I I feel like he wants to heal physical ailments. I feel like there's a a call right now to the bones. There's a a thing on the bones. So arthritis was a word that I got. Arthritis, bone, anything bone related. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hands. And I want you to receive from the Holy Spirit. It's always God's will to heal us, always. I just want the Holy Spirit to begin to do what only he can do in this space. That your bones would be filled with life. I also feel like the Holy Spirit wants to come into any place in your spirit where you're not walking in health, where there's not an emotional, there's not a a body, soul, and spirit moving toward the same thing. Maybe it's because of trauma. Maybe it's abuse. But I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to specifically make you whole, that you can literally walk into your next complete, lacking nothing. So if that's you, just receive it right now where you're at. Receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Step into a place that is supernatural. Healing. And the next thing I want to pray is that if there's anyone that was stirred and you started to see things that you've had in your hearts to walk out, you regularly go into the place of the presence of God and there is a wholeness on you and you are starting to be stirred for things in this hour. I wanna pray for grace and courage to walk out your wholeness. So Father, I just thank you right now in this space where you are bringing the body of Christ to recognize the hour that we're living in, God. And I thank you that you are giving us grace and courage Father, I pray over our hearts that we would step into your presence, laying everything at your feet, knowing there is nothing that you can't do. That we would begin to believe, Father, where we haven't believed, Father. I thank you for perfect love that casts out fear, Father. That we could step into a grace and a courage in this this moment to walk out those crazy things that you're putting in our hearts, Father. They're from you for this time in history. So God, I just pray a special blessing and a special grace to walk in this season. Thank you, Father, for the mothers in the house. Thank you for what you're doing. I want you to soak in God's presence. And continue to be stirred. I also want to release you. Feel free to come forward. I believe that as you step out, knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, because that's what happens in his presence. He shows you what he thinks of you. And his thoughts toward you are always good. That you will step out in power. Jesus' name.
1: Yep. Amazing. Thank you, Jolene. Wow. So, get up here. All you ones that were, uh, you know, she was talking to you. Don't hesitate. Come on. Don't be shy. Someone's going to be the first one. There's something that was released today that um, there's like old assignments that are made new. And there's New assignments that are dropping into hearts and spirits that are being made clear. And I, what an appropriate, amazing message on Mother's Day., it's, you know, Mothers receive and in receiving, conceive and bring forth something that's never been seen before. And God, we just just bless the creativity that was released today. We bless the the awesome significance of of this word that there's something happening every time you walk through the door that we carry out with us god we just thank you for this season of encounter that's coming that's being poured out all across the nation and across the world i know some of you are standing in awe others are probably saying are they done yet you know and it doesn't matter because god's not done yet and so I just want to bless you that as you go out that this, whatever has started would continue and you'll see the fruit of it. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for this message from a mother that's just released creativity, hope, and an expectation and an awareness of what you're doing now. Just bless you and have a great day, a great week. and. Uh, we're going we're gonna to see the change. God is doing something. He's pouring his spirit out, and we're right on the wave of it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Shalom alechem. Carry it out into the world and let it shine. And give your mom a hug or a call or flowers or whatever she needs in Jesus' name.